short, and then we are going to um, we're going to do some some uh, overcoming tonight. How's that sound? Yeah. How many of you? How many of you could use some overcoming tonight in your life? How many of you tonight have something that you just feel like you can't whoop, and you're dealing with it tonight? Come on. Don't be looking at your neighbor, all right? We, your spouse, whatever it is. I love this quote. I want to read this to you. Uh, it's, a, it's a quote from Henry Van Dyke. It says, Are you willing to stoop down and consider the needs and desires of little children? To remember the weaknesses and loneliness of people who are growing old. To stop asking how much your friends love you and to ask yourself if you love them enough. To bear in mind the things that other people have to bear on their hearts. To trim your lamp so that it will give more light and less smoke. And to carry it in front so that your shadow will fall behind you. To make a grave for your ugly thoughts and a garden for your kindly feelings with the gate open. Are you willing to do these things for a day? And uh, I want to do this tonight. I, I, I want to tie this in with uh, this idea that David Wagner presented to us uh, years ago where they were researching the, the, um, the concept of the testimony. And I'll get to that in a moment, but um, what it means to, to have a testimony or what happens when we declare our testimony. Revelation 12, 11, don't worry, it's not going to be up there. Just it's going to be quick. It says, they have conquered him, or some versions say they have overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Something happens when we testify, amen? Come on, we actually overcome, we conquer uh, things that were unconquerable or what we feel like we could not overcome before we conquer with our testimony. So when you get up here and give a testimony, you're actually releasing something in the house that allows somebody else to overcome something they're facing. Amen. Come on. And if you can testify about something in your life that you know God has done, meanwhile facing something that you're waiting for him to do, there's something powerful about being able to recognize the goodness of God even in the middle of the wilderness like my dad was talking about tonight. Amen. How many of you feel like you're in the wilderness tonight a little bit in some area of your life? All right, Luke 8, 39 says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now, you can imagine the lives that these guys were living, the experiences that they had, the turmoil, the exiles, the, the persecution, and yet the word, the, the word from heaven, the, the, the command from heaven was, go tell of all the good deeds. How many of you, God's done some good stuff for you? Yeah. And let me ask you this, how many of you had some, have some bad stuff you could talk about too? Yeah. Anybody ever go through anything tonight? There's something powerful about actually declaring the good deeds and putting to rest those ugly thoughts, those ugly things that seem to creep up in our minds. I don't know about you, but there's some times where personally, I'll be, I'll be authentic with you tonight. I try to be authentic every time I take them out. Personally, there are times where ugly thoughts, now I'm not talking about wicked stuff. Don't get carried away. Pastor Dan is as pure and holy as they come, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about where there's thoughts that overcome me that allow me to be either depressed or down or feel overwhelmed or overcome in a moment. And I have a choice in that moment whether I'm going to exalt what has taken control of my mind in this moment and allow those feelings, those, those feelings that belong buried in the grave to prevent the garden of life that God is growing inside of me to flourish. Come on. 
I was talking with somebody about this this week. I believe wholeheartedly that when we receive Jesus, we receive a brand new heart. And the wicked heart that the Bible talks about is no longer there. It's been replaced with that heart of stone has been replaced with his heart. Amen? Right? So we have a brand new heart, but there seems to be, because of our minds and our way of thinking, and our, we, we allow these old ways of processing the world to enter back into our hearts and minds and spirits. And we have this brand new heart that's saying, like, give me a chance, Dan. Give me a chance, Steve. Give me a chance, Charlene. Give me a chance, I, I, I want to grow a beautiful garden of all that God has done. I want to show of the goodness and the glory of God through you. But give me a chance. And for some reason, we just allow life and stuff and things people say or don't say or whatever it is to overcome us, to get us down. And I've, I've had some moments lately, I don't know if any of you ever get sensitive. Huh? Yeah, you're all tough, huh? I've had some moments lately, just moments of sensitivity, and people didn't even know it, but something was said or done, and it like crippled me for the night. I'm like God's man of faith and power for the hour, you know? Get up and declare, I'm not afraid. I'll look the camera in the eyes and tell everyone on Facebook that they're all wrong. I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah, I am. I'll go to sleep at night sometimes overcome, overwhelmed, not knowing how I'm going to either go to sleep or... or or what I'm going to feel like when I wake up in the morning. Anyone ever feel that way? Let's be real with each other. Can we be real with each other? Can we be authentic? And so there's this war that begins to happen. But the thing is, is that there really isn't a war. It's kind of this fake thing that's happening on the inside of us. There isn't really a war because the war has been fought and won. And so the battle is no longer in heaven. The battle is no longer in the hell. In hell, the battle is no longer here on earth. The battle is right here in your mind. And the Bible actually talks about renewing your mind over and over and over again, being a daily thing that I wake up in the morning and I decide I'm going to let the garden of good things and good deeds and what God has done for me grow and flourish and be what I look at versus maybe the stuff that overcomes me, overwhelms me, brings me down. Amen? Amen? Psalms 9:11 says sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion tell among the people his deeds and this last one 1 Thessalonians 5:24 says he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it That's what I want to tell you tonight David Wagner told us this years ago when we testify when we give a testimony actually in the spiritual realm says to to the to God do it again do it again. A testimony is literally do it again. So the reason that we testify, the reason that we actually declare it out of our mouth what God has done is because we're literally saying to all of heaven, do it again. So if you were gripped by drugs or alcohol and you get up here and you say, I'm set free, what we're saying is God, do it again in someone else's life. Come on, if you were full of depression and God set your mind free, we're saying do it again in somebody else's life. And so we literally, it's like releasing miracles with our testimonies. So we're not just overcoming, but the people around us are beginning to overcome because we're releasing that power, that, that, that authority from heaven here on the earth through us. And we're saying, God, do it again and again and again. Amen. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Not for long. We'll do about 15 minutes. We don't want to hear like, okay, we're going we're to teach you how to do testimonies tonight, okay? You can do a testimony in about 60 seconds and it'd be powerful.
okay? Let me teach you how to do it tonight. Leave out all the details. We don't need to hear, the other day, I was walking along the street, and there was grass there, and I saw a red door, and a guy approached me, and he said to me, so how you cut all that out is you say, a guy approached me and said something to me the other day. You get it? Get right to the point. You can do it in 60 seconds. A good testimony sounds like this. You ready for this? It's real simple, and this is how we're gonna do it tonight. For three weeks, I haven't gotten paid because my boss every week said there was no money in the account, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and they came looking for rent, and I said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, and, and, and my boss said, it's gonna be weeks and weeks and weeks until, you, until I think we're gonna have the funds to pay you. We're waiting on a big deal to come in, and that deal came in two weeks earlier than we expected. Not only did he pay me, but he actually paid me with interest on what he owed me because I had to wait so long and paid my late fee for rent. Boom. All right? That's a good testimony. That actually didn't happen to me. My boss is the church, and anytime you want to pay me extra, you can, all right? Sound good? Who's going to start? I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Come on. And you're next. Get on deck. All right, now this is what we're going to do. She's going to testify, and when you're done, when you're done, no, when you're done, your testimony, we're going to know you're done because you're going to say, do it again, and then we're all going to say, do it again. You got it? Now, don't be too cool for school, all right? Just say it. So she's going to say, do it again. That was like the first four rows. Do it again. There you go. You ready? All right. So a guy approached me on a job site, and he said, uh, what is your name? I said, Cora. He says, will you go take a drug test? Because I walked into the office. I guess they were talking about me. And I said, yeah, I'll go take a drug test. So I went and took the drug test during lunch, came back. I just got an apprenticeship. What do we call it? For, with an electrician company. I'm supposed. Wait, 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 wait. I'm supposed to just clean, but they're gonna give me do it again. They're gonna do it again. Do it again. They're gonna do it again. Do it again. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so today I was battling with my insecurities and self-pity and self-doubt, and I said I'm gonna come overcome this, and I'm gonna get into some counseling to do with this. And what did I come in here and do? Right now, you're talking about overcoming this. So let's do it again. Do it again. Who's up? Who's next? Come on, come on. Don't testify you on the bat. We don't want to hear testimonies about LSU. Good today. How y'all doing? All right, so, you know, I've been worried about, you know, I'm coming in, fresh out of jail, got no clothes, got no money, got no nothing. Looking for a job, not knowing where I'm going to find one at, right? So I'm looking, you know, I'm like, damn, I got to do this. Oh, excuse me, Lord. I got I to gotta learn. I got to work on that. I can't do that again. But um, anyway, so, so listen, I'm looking for a job, right? And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm scared. You know, like, I, I don't want to go in debt because then, you know, my old habits start coming back. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm thinking about, well, I could do this real quick to get some money. Or I could do this to get some money. But by the grace of God, I got two, jobs, two job offers in one day. And, and the job that I, I got now, I got today. The guy told me he's going to bump me up $3 if I, just, if I could just last a month. So I say, listen, not only am I going to last a month, but I'm going to do it again. That's what I'm talking about. Praise God. Praise God. 
So last Sunday, uh, our street team, we went out and we fed the homeless and we went out and we ministered to people and we ended up going uh, over to uh, the, uh, the bus stop and we ran into the umbrella ladies and uh, we were able to minister to them and we were able to get fellowship and we were able to swap numbers and then when we left there, we went into the park and then we, went, we ran into a, a small church that was over there that was having revival. They're in there speaking tongues and just people just like throwing their hands up and just, just praising God. It was wonderful and we got the chance to go over there and we got to praise with them. So we left there and we ended up going uh, somewhere else and we started praying for some kids. My son, all right, he is, he's seven years old. You guys have probably seen him before. All right. He's my little mini me, but he's over there and he's praying for kids and he's laying hands on people. And there is nothing better than seeing your son. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Do it again. Come on. Who's next? Man, we can get about 10 more of these at that speed. Y'all are doing it right. Keith, all right. Hey, family. Hey, family. One of Pastor Miner's first clients in the first house, a harvest house, was a, a gentleman named Jim McLeod. He went on to 20, you know, plus years clean and sober, but he also started writing grants for dental clinics. And it was through um, the dental clinic in Palmetto that for years I've been, you know, just so self-conscious about you know, not smiling and not talking because I didn't have my teeth and I got to smile. Do it again. Come on. You look good, man. Where's this dental? That's amazing. I need him to fix my grill. All right. Who's next? Come on up, honey. All right, so I've done a lot of things in my life that I never thought that I could bounce back from and um, rebuild relationships, you know, and I kept trusting in God that it would happen one day, but I just didn't see it coming. And um, my family wrote me a letter of resignation from them when I was like 14 years old, certified male. And uh, now I have my family back in my life today, and God has made a way. And I hope that he does it again. Do it again. Okay, so, so my story is a little bit different, but I grew up in a brothel due to my aunt's decisions, and I ended up getting arrested, and I cried in my cell one night saying, God, if you're real, prove that to me. Well, he brought me to Harvest House, and now I've overcome that life, and I have a better one. So, Do it again. Yeah, come on. Y'all have been holding out on us with these testimonies. Come on, Tony. All right, so my name's Tony. Um, so uh, last year I violated probation and went to jail. And um, it was a long ride in the cop car. And uh, the only thing I can remember, <clears throat> I was pretty intoxicated. The only thing I remember is I looked up at this guy going across the Manatee Bridge to the port, and uh, I said to God, I said, I asked for a full restoration of my life. And um, that's all I asked, because I knew I was, I made some very poor choices. And uh, you know, the Harvest House came after me this time for the eighth time. I'm a pretty hard-headed person, I've said that before, but 
you know, my marriage has been restored. My, uh, you know, I burned everything to the ground last year and uh, my marriage is restored. My business is getting rebuilt. Me and my wife pray together every day. I'm fixing to get my son back. I got so much stuff to be blessed for. I just want to let y'all know that I'm so grateful for what I got. God is restoring everything in my life and everything that I was promised by God, I'm getting. So thank you. All right, what time is it? You can, oh, oh, don't, do, do, come back here. Okay, hey, hello, hey, oh. What the heck? That was a false alarm right there. That was a fake out. You don't get up right when someone's finishing around. There you go. Okay, come on up, my man. You'll be on deck. Hi, I'm Lisa. Um, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up a full atheist um, my whole life. I came to Harvest uh, for alcohol and drug reasons. And this church, church has opened my eyes. I'm not all the way there yet, like maybe some of y'all are, but has opened my eyes to something different. And I got baptized on New Year's. And um, I'm just moving along. Do it again. It's awesome. Yeah, you'll be after him. All right, Paul? God is good, man. Uh, I was baptized here as well, first time ever. Um, I wanted to share this with y'all. I, I just did three years in prison, man, and uh, I overdosed nine times in 2016. You know, I have a little, little five-year-old girl that I have a really, really good relationship with now. But over the holidays, I was going hiatus uh, with the company I was working for, and I was worried because I just bought a car, just got my license. I have a lot of bills. I didn't know what I was going to do, really. And we prayed for financial security, for love and family and things like that here. And as soon as I, we prayed, I, I, I truly and honestly prayed that in my heart that everything was going to be all right. And I got a, a bing on my messenger, and I had won my first you know, formal bid with a friend of mine to go frame a tool room. And it was $2,000 that I just made out of hard work, obviously, but it was fun. I did it well. I brought someone with me from the Harvest House, and we made the money, and I was financially secure. And God is good. Awesome. Do it again. Come on, do it again, right? Hi, right, Paul. Hello. Um, I'm 11 years sober right now. Do it again. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I wanted to say, though, more than that, is uh, back in the day when I was drinking hard, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and decide, well, I'm going to be an alcoholic and I'm going to drink a lot. It all started when I was a lot younger and it was a couple of beers here and a couple of beers there. And then it got to be more and more and then it got to be all weekend long. And then it got to be one party after another and all this. Well, I carried on like that until I drank for over 30 years. Wow. And um, one day I was sitting in my chair at home and I was hung over from the night before. And I started look. the, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. Wow. And I started looking around the house. And uh, my grown kids had come back and they were living with me because they had, they needed a place to live. They didn't have a place to live. And uh, I started looking at their lives and then realizing that they were following down the same road that I took 
and they were starting to drink a lot and do drugs and get they're starting to get in trouble with the law and and I had a conversation with the Lord that day and I I just said I I've done all of my life being a bad influence on other people I want to spend the rest of my life being a good influence on people and then it was a short time after that, one of my daughters came over to me and said, Dad, if you ever have the inkling you'd like to go to an AA meeting, I'll go with you. So I said, yeah, I want to go as soon as possible. And I started going, and I haven't had a drink since. Wow. Do it again. All right, we got two more. We're going to do Emily, and then Eric's going to close us out. No, you can't do it in front of the speaker. It'll feed back. Michael will choke me later, all right? All right, so um, my name's Emily. Uh, about a little over a year ago, I was in Harvest, and like I had some people do some really awesome stuff for me and, and stand up for me in court. And uh, like I had 18 new charges, felonies, you know, and I'm, I've been in a lot of trouble in my life. And so I should have been going to prison, right? And I, they wanted like six years or something. And, um, you know, I ended up going to jail November 27th to 2018. Um, and I was pretty sure I was going to go to prison and like by the grace of God, you know, I got over a year clean today. I'm not sitting in prison and like, I'll be done with everything that I have in nine months, you know, so do it again. Do it again. All right. This is the last one. Take us home. All right. All right. My name is Eric Schroeder. Uh, I'm 43. Um, so, so here's the deal is I was busted mentally, physically, spiritually. I was trapped, with, paralyzed with fear. And I, just, well, I, did, I was hooked on any kind of drug you could think of. I would shoot heroin, I'd smoke crack, smoke meth, drink wine, ended up homeless. You know, I went down the whole road of list of dope. I was about 29 years old. I'd been on dope for 20 years burned down every bridge in my life, and I had nothing. And I, my dad always told me Jesus was real, and I just asked God to help me. And I made my mind up that I was going to live my life for Jesus through hell and high water. And Jesus has replaced everything in my life that the illusion of alcohol and false love and false affections, Jesus Christ has become like, the affirmation, love, and affection in my life and realized and revealed to me that everything else has been a lie. And Jesus is my source. He's everything in my life now and replaced anything that dope, alcohol, drugs, sex, money, power, anything you can think of, Jesus is better than all that and will make your life better than anything that you can think of. Do it again. Yeah, come on, do it again. So tonight, what we did, yeah. He doesn't freestyle. Dante, you do? Come on, Dante. Dante, let's go. Dante, come on. You've been asking me how you can help the church. This is how you can help the church, by freestyling. Come on. Come on. 
If you don't freestyle, I will. And the only rap I know is Fresh Prince. So. Well, that backfired. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For all those of you that are waiting. He's got to write it down. So this is what we did tonight. This is what we did tonight. And I want to encourage you, you don't have to wait for church to do this. You can get a couple friends together. You can do it by yourself in the mirror. I'm telling you right now, tonight what we did is we watered some graves. And out of the grave and out of the ashes of the lives that you heard that were in ruin at one time, we are watching and celebrating the flowers in the garden that are blooming in places that were once dead. Amen? Come on, do it again. Amen, church. We love you. We'll see you Sunday.